Hello, and welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer-tasting podcast. Coming in from the spooktacular month of Halloween. Is it the month of Halloween? It is the month of Halloween. <laughs> it's me, Jeremy. And with me, as always, rising from the depths, is... It's me. It's Michael. Jeremy. Michael. We're getting into Oktoberfest. Finally. We're, we are. And you know what, Michael? There's something besides Oktoberfests. That comes in October. What's that? It's Halloween, Michael. I've been alluding to oh. it this entire time. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So we've we've established that you're terrified of all things that go bump in the night, and even well, the, the the you know the weakest of PG horror is a little bit too much <laughs> for you. But Michael, this uh this weekend I'm testing not only my sanity, but uh my physical metal. Have I told you what we're doing? That, well, what I'm doing this Friday the thirteenth. Going to a haunted house? I wish. Well, wait, hold on. No, I don't. I like what I'm going to do anyways. I'm going to an 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. horror movie festival here in town. Oh. So, full day of work, and then six, count them, six horror movies at Iowa City's lovely downtown film scene. Free, endless cup of coffee. Oh, nice. Are these movies you've seen or then you'll be like, yeah, that's a classic. Or is this? Is there going to be a little new stuff in there? Or well, it's, don't you know? Is it a surprise? A spooky it, surprise? It's all of the above. Oh, okay. So, uh, they, the first, this is the second year that Iowa City's Film Scene Theater has done this. Um, last year, I regret not going because it looked like a lot of fun, but for whatever reason, I couldn't. But this year, I got my ticket well in advance. Um, the first few movies they have announced. Uh, out of the six, they've announced four. Two of them okay. will not be announced until the second they start screening. The spooky surprise. The spooky surprises. So there are the two of them are ones that are supposedly coming out next year. Last year, I believe it was it was the indie horror movies The Love Witch and XX. Um, the Love Witch is a kind of like a throwback to spooky British 60s, 70s horror movies. Uh, not terribly unlike the Wicker Man. Okay. Oh yeah, the, that the, was the, the original, not the, the original. Yeah. yeah, the original, not the bees, the bees, Nick Cage one. Both great for their uh, their own reasons. You're right. You're right. Uh, and XX is one I have yet to see. It is an anthology made by all women, which is a unique oh. spin on horror. But th- so I don't know what two of them are going to be. However. The four that I do know are all looking pretty solid. Um, the ones you would have heard of are Friday the 13th, Part 2, because it is, okay. in fact, on Friday the 13th. Um, uh, apropos. I believe there has been, or have been, three or four since the theater opened, and each time they've shown a different one. Okay. I believe they've shown one, three, and X. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which are the best ones. I mean, okay. um and now we get two, which, as the horror fans in the crowd will know, is Baghead Jason, before he had the mask, but after his mother. We've got yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, an homage to the late, great Toby Hooper, and arguably a better movie than the first one. So is that the one... Okay, so is that the remake, or is that a sequel this to is, the first one? This is one? a sequel to the first one. I didn't even know that existed. Well, there's okay. three sequels to the original <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, the fourth one features a very young Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. <laughs> it is not good. Where the 70s one 
the original, the first one, was a grimy, pseudo-realistic, oh my god, this actually happened sort of movie, or at least that's what they sold it as. The second one is very much, uh, the ante is upped in every department and set up for the 80s. Okay. It's, it's delightfully insane. Um, I believe it's in the Primus song, Jerry Was a Race Car Driver. I mean, okay. you, know, you know the song, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know where there's the sound of a what appears to be an engine whirring and someone yells, Dog Wheel Hunt? Uh-huh. That's from uh, Texas Chainsaw 2. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's it's delightfully insane. It's sort of a madhouse feeling. Um, there is a an indie horror movie called Dreaming Purple Neon. It looks gonzo. The filmmaker is going to be in attendance to introduce and do a Q&A afterwards, which is, oh. which is cool. Yeah. And the last one that will most likely start airing at about 6 in the morning is one of my favorite horror movies of all time, Michael. There's a 4K restoration of Reanimator coming in. Wait, this is from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m.? You heard me. I must, I, apparently I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, oh, this will be a nice little day. But yeah, you're right, Friday. Uh, no, okay. no. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's that's why there's the bottomless cup of coffee, Michael. Okay. So wait, Reanimator, is that what you said? I did. Okay, go on. It's uh, technically a Lovecraft story, but uh, in, in name only. Um, crazed medical student Herbert West has become obsessed with finding a way to reanimate dead tissue and... He does, with surprising results. A little bit of a shocker, Michael. It doesn't exactly turn out as he plans. Okay. So, it, it's, it, it sort of feels like a zombie movie at times, but it's just... Uh, it's a splatter movie, much in the vein of Evil Dead 2, where there's comedy, there's horror, there's just body parts and blood everywhere in that movie. <laughs> and uh, if you've ever seen American Beauty, there is a scene where Kevin Spacey and Wes Bentley are smoking drugs out in the parking lot talking about a rather infamous scene in this movie. <laughs> okay. It, but but I'm excited. I don't know if I'm going to make it all the way through this because it's been a really long time since I've stayed up 24 hours in a row. That's, yeah, that's the kicker. But that's what coffee is for. Mm-hmm. And that's what sleeping all day uh, Saturday is for. Yeah. So I'm pretty stoked. I'll be sure to check in. And let you know how I fared and how the movies went. And, you know, for all I know, it could have that new Friday the 13th found footage sequel I've been hearing rumblings about. It could be anything, Michael. I'm excited. Right, yeah. It's a, it's a great it's way a, it's a to, free for all. To, to spook up this podcast as we near Halloween. Yeah. What about yourself? You got a beer brag? I do have a beer brag. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? So not too long ago, it was my wedding anniversary. Oh, yeah. And part of my gift for my anniversary was a six-pack. Okay. And it was a beer from Dogfish Head called Romantic Chemistry. Okay. See what she did there? It's pretty... Yeah. This is good work. Good work, wife of the show. Yeah. Uh, so this was an India pale ale brewed with mango, apricots, and ginger. Interesting. And it was um pretty pretty good. Um, it was it was bitter like an IPA, but it wasn't that spray paint coat mm-hmm. your tongue bitterness that we often refer to. Um, it's more that citrusy type bitterness type note, and uh, you could really taste the mango and the apricot in it, and it tasted authentic in that regard too. The mango and the what? 
apricot. Oh, okay. Apricot. Any, any, that's neither here nor there. Continue. Yes. Yes. So it's um, 7.2 ABV, 40 IBU. So you can see it's it's, mm-hmm. it's an IPA, but it's not like tongue rust IPA or something like that. Tongue rust. That's a good. <laughs> so yeah, I quite enjoyed it. And I have one bottle left and I'm looking forward to it. So you had five beers on your anniversary. <laughs> and I've been saving the last one. I'm going to save the last one for a weekday. Oh, boy. <laughs> awesome. Yes. I dig that. It's a good call. Do you have a beer brag, Jeremy? I do. Uh, so this past weekend I was hanging out with a friend of the show, Stephen, and he bequeathed upon me the last half of Toppling Goliath's X-Hops Maroon. Now, I'm pretty sure I've talked about the X-Hops series on here before, but it's basically a small-ish batch of IPAs that they do where they, I believe it's a single hop one that they change out the hop with oh, each yeah. batch. Oh, yeah. I think we've talked about that before. I, the pink one was the is the best one, in my opinion, is the one that tastes like grapefruit. I don't exactly know what the maroon one tasted like. It felt like a fairly uh, standard IPA, mm-hmm. or at least standard by their uh, reputation anyway. Right. You know, it's it had that traditional toppling Goliath thick malty backbone to it. Because the hops didn't really have a strong personality, it was probably my least favorite of them, but it's still very good. So, 3.75. Jeremy, you just remind me of something off docket here. Oh, um, oh, Dios mio, Michael. That I meant to put on docket, and it's about All right. said brewery, toppling Goliath. Uh, yes. What do you got for me, buddy? Uh, my little bird's told me <laughs> much like that bald dude from or, Game of Thrones. Or I was just going to ask you if you were powdering yourself and smelling <laughs> of lilacs. Um, um, that so the Wisconsin Brewing Company up here mm-hmm. has made brews for top is making brews for Toppling Goliath because they had some on tap there. Really? And speaking with the bartender there was quality control problems in Florida. Yes. And so that is why they have contracted with uh, WBC, Wisconsin Brewing Company. Yep, who they, they have a massive capacity. Yes, um, so. yes, they do. We've been there. <laughs> yes, um, apparently I got two two brews. I don't know if you've had these before um, that they've made up there: Pompeii yep. and Dorothy. Both delicious. Uh, Dorothy, I believe, is their their titular flagship beer, like the first one. Hmm. It's it's good, but it's 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 not terribly fancy compared to the, some of their other offerings. Yes, uh, yeah. Uh, Pompeii, on the other hand, is I if I had to guess, like which one of their beers was going to be the next one that they like start canning, it'd probably be that one because I. It just seems like I've been seeing it almost year round in bombers, and it's very good. I see. So yeah, I might have to make a trip out to. Uh... WBC and get some Toppling Goliath on tap, which... Yes, I, you should. It's yeah. fantastic on tap. But yeah, so yeah, that was off docket. Now let's get back on docket. Okay. So last weekend, as at the time of this recording, was the Great American... Is it Brewfest or Beer Fest? I think beer it, Festival. I don't know. Beer. Great American Beer Festival. You're supposed to be doing the preparation, Michael. I bring the singers. <laughs> all I see it is <laughs> singers. All I see, all I see it is G A B F 
all the time. Anyway, um, so this is the one where they give out a bunch of medals and most often you'll see it in flavor text on, on websites that this beer was a winner of this year in this category. You know, I think like a couple thousand beers enter this thing. And it looks like this year they gave out 296 awards, which is a lot, but there's gold, silver, bronze. So if I do the math real quick, it's approximately 100 categories. Are they like splitting it down to uh, like, this is an English brown, this is an American brown? Yes, they get pretty granular. Okay. Yeah, so German style Kolsch, German style Marzen, Pilsner, German style wheat, just to pick out that's just the g's you know so um but i thought i'd just go through uh, there was a couple in here from our um domiciles necks of the wood yeah necks of the wood <laughs> yeah like um that. jeremy have you heard of 515 brewing company uh des moines i believe yes. ankeny maybe urbandale uh, I this don't says know. clive clive okay well i'm close they won Gold with their hashtag quad goals, Belgian style double or quadruple. Holy crow. So I don't know. Maybe you can be on the lookout for that one. But I shall. I don't know if it's limited. I think these might have to be somewhat regular, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Nearby me, actually it's not too far down the road, One Barrel Brewing won a bronze for their behemoth barley wine. Ooh. So that sounds, that's intriguing. And in Milwaukee... Unite the Clans from Third Space Brewing, haven't heard of them, got a goal for Unite the Clans in the category of rye beer. Hmm. So those were the, the uh, Iowa-Wisconsin brews that were on the list. Um, maybe not the strongest showing from our states, but uh, we made it. We listed. We did. Uh, as, as if we did something, but yeah. So do we know how they get involved? Is it like you have to show up and pay like an exhibitor fee or something like that? I, yeah, I'm sure. That's I was going to put a little disclaimer about that. Uh-huh. Like most awards, you know, there's probably hoops you have to jump through and uh, submission criteria that make the whole process, mm-hmm. I don't want to say sketchy, but maybe not as scientific <laughs> as sure. it could be but it's still kind of a cool thing i think i know lion bridge in cedar rapids which we need to go to next time you're down here mm-hmm. their workman's compensation i'm pretty sure won a gold in english mild okay a few years in a row i feel like big grove has won some stuff I, I don't know. It's it's hard to remember these things. It's It right. seems like every beer out there, or at least American mid to small level craft brewer has like an American, a GABF tag on it. Right. From some year, you know, again, they do give quite a lot of these out just because it gets so granular and then there's mm-hmm. three medals in each one. So, but um, that's still kind of cool to see and be like, oh yeah, I, I should look for that one, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. So that was a little snippet there. Just had to tip the hat to the GABF because I guess <laughs> the Gap podcast about beer. So yeah. we should probably do that. Yeah, we probably should. But what do you do, Jeremy, when you have a quote unquote bad beer, a light beer in your hand? Well, yeah. 
Oh, was that? I I thought that was uh, rhetorical. <laughs> that uh, was a rhetorical question, so I don't know why I paused. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the uh, yeah the pause was rather dramatic there, Michael. Um. So I found this article on Beer Advocate about a new product. Now, Jeremy, do you know those little um like it comes in a little kind of plastic cartridge? And you squirt it into like water, and it flavors it like a fruit flavor. Oh Some of yeah, them are yeah. Caffeinated. Sometimes they have like energy drink in them. Yes. Like essentially, like a concentrated five-hour energy to make it taste like watermelon or whatever. Yes, precisely. Okay. What if I told you there's a product for that, for beer, that you'd put into a not so flavorful beer to make it flavorful? I'd be intrigued. I would not be surprised. <laughs> That's what Mad Hops does. Uh, it's a new product. Do they just like dump a bunch of hop oil in it or something? Yes. So good oh, question. Okay. Peter Hanley, who uh, invented this, explains that each product has four main components, hop oil extract, malt, and a bittering agent to elevate the base beer, then a natural flavor concentrate. He does say, we aren't interested, nor do we believe this is an alternative for craft beer. It just makes macro lagers more interesting and complex. So here's the flavors. American Pale Ale, mm-hmm. Cherry Wheat, Kay. Irish Porter. You don't say. Mexican Lime. Ew. Wild Blueberry, <laughs> Apple Amber. Uh, IPA and Orange Moon flavors will debut this fall. <laughs> Orange Moon. Uh, one <laughs> container. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like Blue Moon, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one little uh, bottle is enough for 18 12 ounce beers for oh my God. $7.99. Or you can get all six for 30 bucks. Hmm. So <laughs> I don't think I would want to do this on the reg. I'd rather have just real beer. good beer. Yeah, I agree. But it would be a nice little novelty to try. I don't know, eight bucks is. I'd rather have like one shot for like 50 cents or something uh-huh. like that you know like one of those uh vanilla flavoring things they have on the fountain pop yeah yeah, yeah. I just squirt a little in and try it once i don't know i might have to keep my eyes peeled maybe it'll be on retail somewhere and we can try it sometime but perhaps um, michael what we should do though is we should do that and the infamous brass monkey oh the orange juice and a malt liquor yes <laughs> that's on the docket too. Okay. Um, I've already had it, so you have to do it now. <laughs> I'd assume we'd do it together if it was on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good point. <laughs> the flavor I would go for would be probably just the pale ale. All these are, are probably. Irish Porter. The fruit ones seem... Uh, suspect. Yeah. I'd want to see how much beerosity one of those beer ones has. Mm-hmm. I agree. Maybe a bit of a novelty. Well, yeah. I mean, it's... So, okay, let's let's break this down. You have... 7.99 gets you... Did you say, like, 18 12-ounce beers? Is that correct? Yeah, enough for 18 12-ounce beers. Okay. But then you have to buy... The, like, the beer. The beer. Yeah, that's Which that's my problem. Yeah. It doesn't seem that... Because the, the idea is just like, oh, I, I want to have beer, but I don't want to have that crap that all those other hippies do, or, you know, or yeah. presumably people that want to have, like, I, I don't know who the market is for this. Right. And, like, so 
what you're at a tailgate and you're everybody's like yeah let's go team and you all do like a cheers and like everybody starts chugging theirs and then you just like and then start drinking it you know what i mean it's like that's a really good way to get your jaw broken (laughs) yeah yeah what's the situation you use this you you know sure besides a podcast or some sort of tasting where everybody's trying it as in kind of a isn't a ha 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 isn't this stupid ha 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 (laughs) yeah all right but we do have a real beer jeremy we do michael and i am excited that's right tell them what the fdr is and then i'll launch into it the fdr is wherein we here at american pale males find a beer drink a beer and then we rate that beer uh we have gone all the way from malt liquor to uh KBS, Michael, what do we have this week? This week, we have... Don't mispronounce it. I you know, I did look up the pronunciation, uh-huh. but I, I don't think it's going to stick. We have Hocker Pshore Original Oktoberfest. The P's in there? Uh, I probably hit it a little too hard. Sure I mean, because it's like, if you cover up the R's, it just looks like psycho almost. <laughs> Without the like side, just sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think know. you do kind of just the P is a little. Anyway, so yes, it's Oktoberfest here in APM Podland. Um, you know, we always do it a little later than the actual Oktoberfest. Yes, acknowledge that we're not exactly on schedule. Blah blah blah. Yeah, but it's yeah, yeah. A tradition. This is our third annual Oktoberfest, and uh, actually, we might have a you know another extended little one. November Fest. Well, not we do have uh, something yeah. for November Fest too. We do <laughs> turkey beer, <laughs> like the Jones soda. Ugh, ugh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, anyway. let me tell you about this one. I was gonna yes. just ask you to do that. So the brewery, there's you know th- these oldie time breweries. It's always kind of interesting. It's a little more than two kids met in college and then they both love beer and then. Derp. Now they're billionaires. Um, they wear their is, hats backwards. <laughs> this is uh, dates back to a long time ago. Now, Jeremy, when do you think the label Hawker Shore first appeared hmm. together? I would guess 1417. Ah, you see that on the label. I do. But actually, it's 1975. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Whoops. So Joseph Shore bought Hawker from his father-in-law in the late 1700s. But then he founded his own brewery under his own name, which was separate. Okay. He, he had two sons, and they took control of each brewery separately from his estate. So they were still independent. Mm. And it wasn't until 1972 that they merged, and in 1975 they sold beer under a common brand. So that 1417 you see on the label, is that's the little hatchets mm-hmm. there. The symbol for Hawker. And the other ones is the Peshore, and they're united. And it feels so good. Yes. So that's the story behind that. Now, Oktoberfest. Hocker Peshore is one of the official Oktoberfest breweries because the beer is within the city limits of where, Jeremy? Oh, oh, God. Köln was the Kolsch's. Mm-hmm. Munich. That's right. Um, yes, okay, good. You really put me on the spot there, and I was I super concerned about that. I do have uh, more Oktoberfest questions here. Oh, um, boy. They're the same ones I asked you last year. 
Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember. I know. Um, I'll just go over the, the brief info. Um, okay. So you have Augustiner, Hacker for sure, Lowenbrow, Paul Lehner, Spottenbrow, Spotten. and Hofbrow. That's a good one. So you see it says Amber Marsin on there. It does. And Marsin means March because this is when the beer is brewed. Mm-hmm. Because back in the day, they couldn't brew over the summer, so they brewed all their last fermentables up in March, and then it was ready in October. Dun, dun, dun. Beers follow Reinheit's Gebot. <laughs> Those are the Bavarian Michaeling standards, aren't they? <laughs> right, yeah. The yes. brewing standards that required only use of water, hops, and barley. And then later they're like, oh, yeah, we need yeast in there, too. We just <laughs> didn't can, know what it was. You can really taste the goat. <laughs> um, so, and Oktoberfest itself dates back to 1810, and it's celebrated to uh, from mid-late September into the first week of October. So it's over now. It's, it's I mean, we record these early, Michael. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the, it, we're, we're on time. We're close. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. It's, it's the APM pod Oktoberfest. Cinco de uh, APM bio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, a little flavor text for the beer. Our hearty Oktoberfest specialty, golden in color, distinctive taste, wonderfully drinkable. Centuries of tradition and brewing expertise play equal roles in the making of this beer. Our Marzen spoils the nose with fruity notes of, what is Cassis? C-A-S-S-I-S. Cassis? Cassis? Like creme de cassis? What is that? It's a, a, a thing that has cassis in it. You've never heard of creme de cassis? I've never heard of cassis. Cassis? Cassis? Oh, creme de cassis. Oh, it's like a liqueur? Well, creme de cassis is, I mean, theoretically, I mean, it's like creme de menthe is not, you know, right. just what menthe is. Oh, it's like black currants. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just learned a new word. I can't believe you hadn't heard of that before. Ah, that's weird. It tastes good. And uh, earthy tones reminiscent of cedar. A beer with a distinctive, unique character, but still very mild and a joy to drink. Every sip, a taste of Bavaria's joy of life. It's not really a sentence. It is if you put an exclamation point behind it, Michael. <laughs> Barley from the region is used to produce this unique beer, a grain famous for its very rich soil. Huh. Uh, so the bottle it has both the hawker and the pashore on there. Mm-hmm. has a lady riding a horse, side saddle, holding aloft a uh, beer stein uh-huh. with the uh, Bavarian flag motif in the background. Michael, we should go to Bavaria podcast from there. That is the number one destination for APM Pod on the road, if it ever happens. I agree. Maybe we'll just fake it next year. <laughs> Put a bet of sound of Oompa Oompa bands yeah, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> so five point eight percent ABV. I guess let's just open it, right? Yeah. Not a full twelve ounces. Yeah, three hundred thirty milliliters. Stupid Europeans. I think they're so big. Now, I am using a earthenware-type stein that was gifted to me by mom of the show, um, who got it in Munich, and it has the Hockerbrau logo on it, which is cool, but unfortunately I'm not going to be able to tell you uh, the color, although I can kind of see it as I pour it. I mean, I'm using a footed Pilsner? Oh, yeah, sure. That's That's a good one. 
So, since uh, you can't tell me anything about the color, um, <laughs> it's not quite as dark as I would have thought. Okay. It is it is amber, but it is a light amber. Okay. I've got a solid... I mean, this is a Pilsner glass, so take this with a grain of salt. Solid two fingers of head on it, but it'd probably equate out to about, you know, a middle finger's worth on, like, a shaker. Middle finger's worth. Hey. You heard me. <laughs> what do we think of the smell, Michael? It smells good. It smells, uh... Earthy. Malty? Earthy? Cassis-y? cassis I mean, it smells like a pretty standard Oktoberfest. So far, uh, I hope but, so. <laughs> but in the best way possible. I right. I happen to like that particular smell and flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just finished off Sierra Nevada's 2017 Oktoberfest. So I will be in a unique position to tell whether or not theirs lives up to the gold standard. The Shelton Benjamin of uh, Oktoberfest beers. Yes, and we will have a another... Oktoberfest, unofficial Oktoberfest coming up. We'll call it Miketoberfest. <laughs> Next week, so stay in tune. Yeah, I think the best Oktoberfest I've had in recent memory still was the Limberlegs Oktoberfest. I think that was on the show. That was good. Well, that was Kelowna, yeah. Yeah, so small time. Let's have this big time one. Jeremy, Sounds why good. don't you, you go in first, and I will follow suit. Will do. Uh, tell me a story while you, I'm going in, Michael. Uh, I've been to Munich, and I was in a beer garden, and it was um, wonderful. Okay, good. Uh, right. This beer is also wonderful. It's, I mean, it's it's kind of weird when you get to such a distinct uh, style that, especially one like this where there's not a lot of room for innovation mm-hmm. or deviation, for that matter. Um, you kind of have to uh, just do it the best you can and hope that it's right, if that makes any sense. Yeah. The, the variables are not as great as they would be in, say, an IPA or a Belgian or whatever. Yeah, you can't go off book as much. As if, you, if you have a bright golden Oktoberfest, you might have, you know, like, riots. <laughs> You're right, <laughs> yes. It's um a nice, robust flavor. It's... Um, is, it is. Has I'm getting like a little kind of metallic, not like in a bad way. I think it maybe is um, something with the malts, like kind of this crisp taste to it. I guess you could say. I think I I I I think I know what you're talking about. I think that's more of a crisp than metallic. When I think of metallic, yeah. I think of Steel Reserve. Okay. Okay. It's very easy to drink. It is very easy to drink. It's just gulp down. Sweet. That is sweet. In many ways, this almost seems like a sli- ever so slightly lighter version of a of an oct- of like a big hairy Oktoberfest beer. Definitely does not weigh as heavily on the tongue as the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest does. And mm, yeah. I think that's a good thing. What about you? Well, yeah. I mean, they're going for more of a sessionable, not in the strictest sense of the term, Oktoberfest. True. One that you would like see some man in later hosen, you know, holding four of these in each hand. Drinking by the leader. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plopping them on a table and just dunk, dunk, dunk. Um, now that we think about it, or rather I think about it, 
Uh, this actually reminds me quite a bit of the Warsteiner, one that I had at Chicago's lovely The Rattler. Oh, yeah. And that would make sense, too, wouldn't it? Be yeah, I would think so. Regions. V- very similar regions, similar brews. Um, this one, had, I feel it's not entirely fair because that was on tap. Right. And Good point. I am a fierce believer that that changes a lot of things. Not always for the better, but it does. Yeah. I imagine when our fathers were growing up, something like this would be considered an extremely heavy beer. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, those Germans, they don't screw around with their beer. Yeah. It goes to 5.8. You have to get it imported. Yeah, yeah. It goes and... to 5.8. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You can use that one, Michael. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and actually, that's for a beer that's this easy to drink, that's actually... That's a decently uh, high. considerable. Yeah. Pretty high. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's the best way to describe an Oktoberfest beer in general is it's like a hair, like a, a beefy, earthy version of what our fathers would drink in the 70s. And now that I drink it more, I'm getting more of the hop flavor. Mm-hmm. The earthy hops are starting to... The noble hops? Yeah. They're starting to show their gut. <laughs> show their gut? I don't know. I can't think of anything. <laughs> Is that what you do gu- these days, Michael? I was going to say Guster. I'm like, isn't that a band or something? Uh, they're a bad band, yes. Yeah. This this is something that you can easily have many of. It passes the drinkability test. And, I mean, we're not the only ones that think that because they have an entire fest where they drink this by the liter. Yeah. So that's not exactly crazy or earth-shattering for that matter, but as compared to other Oktoberfests that you've had, Michael, where do you think this one falls? Um, of the of the German ones, not the uh, the, the Americanized versions. So I was, was going to say I have had um, Pauliner. We did that last year for Oktoberfest, if memory serves. Uh, no, that was a very early one, I think. Really, we did something. Yeah. We did last what year. What did we for... do? Oh God. Oh boy. What did, what did we do? Oh boy. I don't. I've had Spotten, but I don't. That think... was the one that we had last year. Was it that one? I think so. Um, Granted, I'm going to keep saying yes. that like I know what I'm talking about until I find out that I'm right. As I recall, that one was a little more vapid than this one. Um, a little relatively bit. Relatively speaking. Because this one seems to have a little pizzazz on it. A little more depth of flavor. And it, it needs more pizzazz. <laughs> as I recall. That, that spat one was like good, but it wasn't like... This is okay. Yeah. I, I think the the problem with these is every year... The same thing happens. It's just like, I don't want to get the Oktoberfest beers the second they come out. Because you're like, ah, oh, no, it's it's August. I can't, ha- it's not Augustoberfest. Yeah. It's, it's August. I can't have one yet. And then by the time uh, the actual Oktoberfest-ish era comes around, say, middle of September through, oh, now, mm-hmm. I try a few different ones, usually a few at Iowa City's own Oktoberfest. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so good. I'm going to go get more. And then I kind of get a little burned out on them. Yeah, yeah. But I still really enjoy this beer. Yeah. Should we just get into ratings to wrap it? Yeah, let's go for it. it. Um, That was my sip of judgment, by the way. I guess I'm going first. Um, Oh, wow. I was doing it at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's 
better than I thought. It's hard to compare. I think I like, believe it or not, an Oktoberfest that's a little more non-traditional, if you will. Maybe that's okay. heresy. I don't know. I don't no. know if it's heresy. In in what way would you mean non-traditional? Like an American one that might use a mild adjunct or something like that. Or an, a- an adjunct in an Oktoberfest? Really? Or beef up the malt profile. Okay, you know, there you go. That's better. Kind of amp up something a little bit to give you more of a hook to be like, oh yeah, I really like that. Mm-hmm. I wish I would not have looked at the spot and rating that I gave because oh. it's kind of <laughs> influencing um, what I'm going to rate this one because I'm pretty sure I like this one more than that. Rate um, with your heart, Michael. I got to rate with my heart. Rate with your later hosen. There may be bias in there. I, I'm going to go 375. Okay. Because I think I like the style and I think it's better than your average beer. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I like I said, I think I'm at the end of the rope is the wrong way to put this. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure if I lay off the Oktoberfests for eh, a couple weeks, there'll still be some, you know, the uh, fire sale at Dirty John's oh, yeah. Oktoberfest. And I will gladly take a hold of those. That said, this one, I'm enjoying the fact that it is a little bit lighter than my most recent adventures into October Festiana, whatever mm-hmm. that means. <laughs> um, that floral, is it floral? That earthy, mm-hmm. malty flavor. It's, I really enjoy that. And this is one of my favorite styles, but I'm glad it only comes around for about a month and a half each year. Yeah, I can see that too. Otherwise, it wouldn't be special anymore. Like, well, yeah, and it would just be another, like, super malty beer, like, you know. Well, A, it wouldn't be called Oktoberfest. It would be called a Marzen. <laughs> right. I mean, presumably. Or well, amber, not, or, yeah. Or, or, an, like or an amber barley ale. Whatever it would be called. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, mm, sip of judgment. Okay. I'm going to put my recent biases... Biases? Biases? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, behind me, and I'm going to give this one a 4.0. I realize mm-hmm. that you know that that's super controversial given the fact that it's a whopping 0.25 points higher than what you had, but um, <laughs> I don't see what my old ratings are because <laughs> I haven't looked at our uh, our log. Uh, do you want to know what you gave, Spotten? Sure. You gave it a 3.5. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I'm having one of the OG... Oktoberfest, like a real German Oktoberfest, is one of the mm-hmm. last ones I'll likely have at the end of the season. But, you know, stay tuned. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it's nice um, to have at least one of the, like, big six. Mm-hmm. And then, we, you know, try something maybe from a local brewery or a craft brewery just to see what the difference is. Did they try to go for the uh, purely authentic or did they put a little of their own spin on it or... I think most of them go for the authentic way, but um, it, it's. I agree, but I want, I want someone to write in and give me their opinion on this. That is not us, because I have your opinion and you have mine. I want to know if people that are fond of Oktoberfests prefer them to be as traditional as can be, like served with knockwurst <laughs> and uh, spätzle, spätzle, and all that fun stuff. By a a nice German man with a teeny gray mustache, 
and one of those hats with the feather in it. Yes. Or if you are more like Michael, are you Team Jeremy or are you Team Michael? <laughs> Don't say that, please. For the <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I, I just, I just want to know if, if you like the, uh, if you like the more traditional style, or if you want more of a, a hairier version, for lack of mm-hmm. a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. That's uh, a. Yeah. It's another one down the gullet. It is, yeah. What say you give us the ways that these fine people can tell us what they think of Oktoberfests? That's right. Um, You can do that in a variety of ways. You can do Twitter at APMPod. You can do Facebook.com slash APMPod. You can email us directly at APMPod at gmail.com. We are also... I think are we back up on Untapped? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we're um, we're blasting your feed right now. I just saw that while I was looking at my beer break. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll get back on track. And we're thank back. you to host emeritus Mike, keeper of the Untapped for APM Pod, for uh, keep, keeping us online with that. Subscribe to the show, if you will, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, or however you get your podcasts. Look up our YouTube page. Be the first to view a video. Um, APM pod there, too. Rate and review, if you would, please. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's Oktoberfest. We got a couple more uh, October-type beers to drink. Yeah. Maybe there's going to be a ghoulish surprise or just a beer that, well, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, and I have all the beer in my closet. <laughs> That's why I kind of cut myself <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, oh, we're we're fun, Michael. We have fun. We have fun. So uh, that'll do it. Thanks yeah. for listening. For Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.